Hello and welcome. You've tuned in to the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 1 through verse 7. In the first year of Darius, the son of Azarias, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord God, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity and have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face as it is this day. To the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, to those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. We're going to stop right there. Daniel's prayer continues on and we'll pick up a little bit farther and we'll see how God answers Daniel's prayer right at that point. Let's go to our PowerPoint presentation if we might and we'll uh, see we'll read a little bit more about Daniel's the answer that Daniel gets and then we're going to be talking about Daniel's 70th week so we are in Daniel chapter 9 we're going to be looking specifically uh, in verses 20 through 27 remember Nebuchadnezzar's head of gold that recognized that that was the kingdom of Babylon and then we have the kingdom of silver the Medes and the Persians and these of course these kingdoms are of past and then we have the bronze midsection that represented Greece and Alexander the Great and then the four uh, kings that took over after him and then we have the legs of iron that represent Rome and the Roman armies and Rome in all of its many, many different years. Then finally, and this is where we are now, we have the feet that are mixed of iron and clay. And so Daniel's uh, representation as he gave Nebuchadnezzar uh, what his dream was and explained that to him and of course Nebuchadnezzar first thing he does is he wants to set up an image this explains the panorama of human empires and panorama history 
So tonight, though, we're talking about something that is yet future, the 70th week of Daniel. Now, there are 70 weeks. We're going to be looking at that. But let me read for you in Daniel chapter 9, verse 20 through 23, and I have it also for you here. He says, Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So 70 weeks have been determined. And as it said, they were determined upon Israel, upon the holy city, to finish the transgression to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place or the most holy one. And so we're going to find that these things are fulfilled. Many of them have been fulfilled, but this is determined upon Israel. However, unfortunately, the world will suffer as well. The world is going to go through a whole time when God's wrath is poured out. But it is primarily to bring the Jews into that right relationship. And that the prophecies have been fulfilled. The visions have been ceased. We have now the entire word of God. We find all of these things. The Holy One has been anointed, but... Christ is going to be anointed finally the last thing that we're going to see is Christ is anointed as King of Kings and Lord of Lords 
That's why the whole 70 weeks or 70 times 7 has been determined. Notice it said in Daniel 9, 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, this is speaking of Antichrist. This is something that's in the future. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. This is speaking of the Antichrist, who is going to come out of that final empire that was made up of the feet mixed with iron and clay. And he is going to make a covenant with Israel. Israel at that time will have returned to temple worship and sacrifices will be going on. And at the middle of that seven-year period, the man uh, of sin, the Antichrist, who has made this covenant is going to break it. We're going to be looking at that a little more as we go through. Here's a very simple chart that explains these 70 weeks. Right now, Daniel is in exile while we were reading. While we began, while we began in, in Daniel, in chapters one through, chapter nine, verses one through seven, I'll get it right. He had just re realized, he had just recognized that the words of Jeremiah, that Judah was going to be in exile for 70 years. So it's been about that time. He's recognizing that that's right at that point. And then there is a decree by Artaxerxes to go and rebuild Jerusalem. And we know how Nehemiah went. We know how uh, 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 Zerubbabel and all of those that, and uh, Ezra, they go back into the land. But that is a seven-week period. And understand these are weeks of years, or seven times seven. That's why we have 49 years. So th we're going to break this down a little more so you understand that. And then it said that there would be another period of 62 weeks. So we have a total of 69 weeks, the seven and the 62. In other words, 483 years. Those have all passed until Messiah would be cut off. It's interesting, and we're going to see exactly when that occurred. And it occurred to the day, to the day of Artaxerxes' Uh, uh, giving the decree. We are currently in this church age when Christ has established his church and has sent us out. There is still a future coming, Daniel's 70th week, and that's what we're talking about. It is a one-week period. In other words, it's seven years. It's going to be broken up into two, three-and-a-half-year sections. We understand this to be the tribulation. So we'll talk about that as we go through. But let's look again at what Daniel was going through. Because in the evening offering, Daniel was praying. Remember, we just read that. And when he started to pray, Gabriel said God had initially, as soon as he started to ask, God had sent Gabriel to give him the answer. And so the evening offering was 
when the second lamb that was uh, offered of that day, there were two offered in the temple. However, so this happens at three o'clock in the afternoon. That was the common time of prayer. Remember that later when uh, uh, Peter and James are going up for the common time of prayer? It's three in the afternoon. But Daniel is in Babylon, not Jerusalem. The temple is in Jerusalem, but remember the temple was still in waste. It had not been rebuilt yet by Ezra. And Daniel was faithful to what he knew. He looked out and looked toward Jerusalem. Remember, that's how the other men got him uh, in trouble and thrown into the lion's den because he continued to look to Jerusalem. Daniel was a man who loved the Lord and was faithful. Daniel knew that God was going to bless his sacrifices and God was going to take care of those things. That's why Daniel went to the Lord in prayer at that point. These 70 weeks are weeks of years. There are, of course, in Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3, where it does describe, and it uses a different language, there are weeks of days, as we normally think of it. But these are 77s, literally is what it says. So the time spans from the Persian king Artaxerxes when he gave the decree to go and rebuild Jerusalem, that was in 445 on 9 Nisan. Remember, all of the king's decrees are written out. And the Jews received this because they had to show that the king had authorized them to go and rebuild Jerusalem. And so this time span will go from the rebuilding of Jerusalem until Messiah's kingdom. We're going to under, hopefully understand that a little better. This is a panoramic view of history, and it includes, first, the 49 years or the seven weeks when Nehemiah's career comes to an end of building the streets and the walls. It's interesting because at that same time that Nehemiah is wrapping up, Malachi is wrapping up the final vision of the prophecies and closing out the Old Testament. Remember what we said, that part of it was to fulfill the vision and the prophecies. The Old Testament was completed at that point. It also included 62 weeks or 434 years. That gives us that total 483 years. All of that's been in the past. We only have seven years uh, that remain. And that all culminated at the first advent, the first coming of Jesus Christ. That was fulfilled to the day when Christ entered Jerusalem and they recognized him as the king and they laid down palm branches and coats, the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and uh, on the nine Nisan, we know that it was to the day God's uh, an exact God. It's not in the month. It's not in that year. It's to that day. We're going to see as we go through Daniel chapter 7 that that, I think that that's going to be an important aspect. That Messiah will be cut off. That was a common reference to death. 
And the final week, that set last seven-year period, is known as Daniel's 70th week, and that is yet future. It is the time of tribulation. It's the time of Antichrist. And at the end of that time, Christ's kingdom arrives on this earth. Now, we know we have Christ's kingdom. He is alive in our hearts. We are citizens of heaven. We belong to the king. We know that he is already the king. He's overcome death, the grave, and hell. But it's going to be recognized upon this earth. Here's the big picture of Bible history. And I don't know if you can see all of this, but it goes back from creation with the fall of mankind, the law being given, Israel being dispersed, the fall of Israel, then the return, and of course, we have Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and his ascension into heaven. We have the time of the church age where we are today, and then there is this time of seven-year tribulation that is coming. Now, many believe that the rapture will take place at the beginning point, and Christ will come and take his uh, church. He will take his, all of the saints, all of the saved out, I think we're going to see, and I'm going to show you, that I think uh, it, it's going to actually happen in that middle point, and I'll show you that from the book of Daniel and from the book of Revelation. But then we know that there is a time at the end when Christ returns, and then the millennial kingdom for a thousand years when Satan is bound. And then finally, we have Satan in the battle of Gog and Magog, right here just before the great white throne judgment and satan is judged and then we go into the eternal age the heaven age all right i know that you have this chart hopefully this makes sense and i i hope that you can read it and if not that you could get the pdf so you can see it in verse 25 of daniel 9 it talked about the command to restore and to build jerusalem that's the beginning of the 70 weeks. That was, we find that in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And the city and the temple begin to be rebuilt. By the way, it's important to recognize that all of this is based upon the Jewish calendar, which corresponds to a lunar calendar. So we have the initial seven years and then the 62 weeks. And all of that silent period, the 400 years between the uh, Testament, all of, that, all of that time, until we come to also in verse 26, remember we read that Messiah, the prince, shall be cut off. That was the final time. And we have, of course, Jesus' triumphant entry that I've just mentioned. It's interesting because also in AD 70, Titus destroys Jerusalem. He's going to come in and utterly destroy the city. However, we find in Daniel's 70th week, that last week, the city has been rebuilt. The temple is rebuilt and is operating. And so uh, many, many try to say that, uh, and it's called the preterist view, that everything that... Jesus said in Matthew 24 and all of Daniel, it was all fulfilled in A.D. 70 when Titus destroyed Jerusalem. That's just not, it, it just does not fit. It, it sounds good, but it's just 
uh, there's too much that's still there because we find that he, Antichrist, is going to confirm a covenant with Israel for one week or for seven years. And in the middle of that week, he breaks that covenant. And so we see our seven-year tribulation period in two, three-and-a-half-year sections. And at the end of that 70 weeks, Christ returns at the Battle of Armageddon. And it says that he comes because man is about to utterly destroy all of life. And so that time, actually this seven years, is actually cut short just a little bit. We're going to look at that again next week because, Lord willing, we're going to see, because I believe that God is such an exact God that he fulfilled it to the day he is going to give Satan all that seven-year period. But I think he gives it back to him at the end, and we're going to see that, the end of the thousand-year reign. So Christ comes with his saints and with his beloved church, and the, uh, he begins the millennial reign. What a wonderful blessing. Now let's look at our second chart because that deals with that last three-and-a-half-year section, or, or the, the last seven-year section in two and three. <laughs> two of them at three-and-a-half years each. Jesus spoke about the beginnings of sorrows, and we are seeing many things that would look like those birth pangs or the beginning of sorrows. However, I'm not going to say, yes, this is the absolute beginning of the end. This is the beginning of the tribulation. I do not know. It's looking that way. Many uh, evangelical preachers believe that it is, but it would be foolish to set a date. It'd be foolish to set a time. God is the timekeeper. He knows. And so we're talking about this seven-year tribulation that begins the day of the Lord. The first three and a half years, we have the wrath of Satan, the wrath of man that is poured out. We have the ministry we see from Revelation chapter 11, the ministry of the two witnesses. And during that time, they are able to do uh, powerful miracles. Of course, the man of sin is going to come on the scene and he's also going to be working miracles. So that during this 70th week, and I'm going to show you that I believe from the book of Daniel because the uh, saints are given into the Antichrist hand for three and a half years and something happens then. I believe that that's part of the reason why we're going to go through a part of that and I, I don't want you to be afraid because we know who's in charge. Just as Israel went through some of the plagues, but God delivered them. God was in charge. And so from the book of Revelation, we know that there are seals to be opened, trumpet blast, there are bold judgments. And the last three and a half years is called Hathalipsis Hamagalum, the wrath of God, the great tribulation, we call it. Then at that point, of the battle of Armageddon, when all of the nations send their armies into the valley of Megiddo, 
It is a true world war. Man is about to utterly annihilate himself. The blood is flowing to the horse's bridle. Now, I've heard that that could be figurative, but I think with that many, uh, that much army, though, with the ways that we have the modern methods for our, our military of killing one another, I think that that's probably going to be a very true thing, that that uh, bottom of the valley will literally be filled with men's blood to about four or five feet to the horse's bridle. Then, and we'll talk about this, Lord willing, next week, Daniel talks about the return of the king, but then a period of reclamation and restoration. There's 30 days of cleaning up and another 45 days when the Lord is restoring the, uh, the land back to its original or, or back to a, a condition where it's inhabitable. But Christ is seen as the king. He returns at the end of the battle of Armageddon, puts an end to it. All of those saints come with him, a mighty army, and it is stopped because Christ is now recognized King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That begins the millennial reign, the thousand year reign of Christ. Then I mentioned to you, we have the battle of Gog and Magog and then the great white throne. There is a little season that Satan is loosed and because people have been released, uh, I, I'm there, there's still about a fourth of the world's population that is able to go into the uh, millennial kingdom. And they have a hundred years, Isaiah says, that they can uh, decide whether or not to accept Christ as Savior. Satan, we talked about this last week, brings those back. He causes a great rebellion that is called the Battle of Gog and Magog. And the Lord ends that, puts a, a, a by his word, he puts an end to that rebellion. In conclusion, thinking about all of these things, these revelations of the end times are meant to, child, to God's children, to Christians, to the saints, to comfort one another. But it's also meant to warn the unsaved because we know what's happening. We know who's in charge. We know what's going to come about. This is a time that is primarily aimed at Israel to prepare Israel to be that nation that will take a precedent in the Holy Land that will be the world capital. Jerusalem will become the world capital. And in troubled times, because it could be that I'm very much wrong in my timetable. Could be that Christ may not come for 100 years, 200 years. But in troubled times, understand that Christ is going to sustain you. Your relationship to him, he'll watch over you. He'll provide for you whatever your need might be. He will keep you. Now, he may cause many of his children. I think eventually many Christians are going to give their life as a martyr's death in those last days. But he gives you grace. 
It's going to take care of everything that you need. That's our comfort. That's our hope. When these things are going to happen, we do not know. We're seeing things happening all around our world. The violence that's been going on, the mass shootings, that uh, just so many things that are taking place now in the western states of the U.S., more drought, all kinds of signs uh, from nature. Could these be the beginnings of sorrows? They could be. But you stay close to Jesus. That's our message. Whatever you may worry about, whatever you may think, remember this. He is in control. It's all been laid out. We've seen the timeline. He knows what's going to happen. He created you. He established you. And so in all of these things, we want you to know and be prepared that you can trust Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have no other worries, nothing else that you need to be aware of, but Christ will take care of you. Our Lord loves you. He's taking care of us day by day. You have water to drink. You have food to eat. We have clothing. We may not have what we want. We have what we need. And maybe sometimes we have to adjust our wants to what Christ would really have us. Maybe what we want is just to serve him in greater ways. I hope that's your care. I hope that that's your want, that you just want to serve Christ in, in, in a fuller way, that you want to be closer to the Lord today than you've ever been in the past. But if you're watching or you're listening, you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is that day. Do not put it off. We don't know what the future holds. We don't have any promise of tomorrow in our personal lives. How about you? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? If you're his child, do you know that you're trusting him? You're walking by faith. You believe him. You trust him. You know that whatever comes, it's all right because you know who's in charge. You know he is in control. He already knows the future. He knew when you were conceived, brought forth, and he knows every detail of your life. And he's watching out because he loves you. We're looking forward to the coming of Messiah as king of all of the earth. We're looking forward to the culminations because we know in all of these things that have passed, we know God's word is true. It is assured. You can rest upon it. You can trust it. Let's just close out in prayer. And I hope that this has been an encouragement to you as we're talking about in this area of Daniel and Bible prophecy, I hope that it just encourages you to live for Jesus Christ today. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you enjoyed the message. We trust you have been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions or perhaps you have questions of a different topic, let us know. Our information is given on the website or can reach us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Tombstone said he is risen just as he said.